Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. Uh, Today we have a a special guest, uh, Pastor Brad Fontaine is our new worship pastor, just joined our team in the last year, and I've invited him to come and hang out with us. And uh, our topic, uh, we're not going to cover this in one, it's probably going to take two guys, but uh, is a prescription for worship. And I know that a lot of you have a lot of different things going on in your worship world. Um, it is amazing when you find uh, an, a, a wonderful leader, as we have been able to do so. And Brad has just uh, uh, brought a whole new level of leadership and experience to our church. And so I'm really just going to unpack, but welcome, Brad, to yeah, the podcast. Thank Thanks, sir. Let me do that. So um, I'm just going to unpack a lot of questions that um, pastors, I know a lot of pastors listen to this podcast but uh, if you want to have your worship pastor elicit, you might forward this on. Or if you are the worship pastor, you might forward it on to your pastor and have them check it out. So uh, uh, we're talking about a prescription for worship. And, and our goal is to get rather practical. I'm in the nuts and bolts guy. And, and so uh, start us off. Anything yeah, you want to get us it, rolling. It, this is very uh, a very practical approach um, to worship leading. Um, we could probably do a, another whole series of podcasts on the spiritual aspects of it. Um, but a lot of what we're going to talk about today is from a practical standpoint. And um, I think it's important to distinguish that there's a difference between our sure. personal worship expressions and our corporate worship expressions. And we see an example of that in Luke with Jesus, where there's times where he took a few disciples um, to be with God and, and supernatural things were happening with him. And we don't necessarily see that happen when he's with his corporate teaching and, and with the masses and with groups of people. So there's a difference between right. our person, my personal worship time with God, that mountaintop, the mountaintop experience. experience, and then when I come together and I plan a service for a corporate uh, gathering. Of and, and here's what so, I have found is I, I teach at a local Bible college and they have amazing worship. And I always, I always te- tease them when I'm teaching my leadership. I said, this is not normal worship where you have 500 students that are sold out to God, sure. passionate about worshiping right. him. And I, I tell them on, on our Sunday morning, we have people that are in the service that don't want to be there, right. that are waiting for us to be done. That They've never experienced right. anything like that. They don't even know how to respond to right. this worship. And, and they're judging, critiquing everything, and sure. the, the volume is too loud, too soft. And so um, getting our goal is this, is to get as many people up the mountain as high and as far as we can. That's right. And, and so that might mean that we limit some things we do, um, that we can't go as deep or as far. I mean, the big term is, hey, you know, how deep are we going in worship? So we're just going to share some some nuts and bolts with you guys. Um, But, uh, you know, anything else you want to just kind of kind of light yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, again, just we're going to talk about some practical things as far as my approach to picking songs, um, teammates, how we pick teams, okay. how we engage the crowd, how we engage people, um, how we teach them how to walk up the mountain like Pastor Dean was saying. Okay. So, uh, yeah, well, here's let's let's, let's jump, let's right jump in. in. Um, here's a biggie. When we talk uh, to our teams about engaging with the people and and how do how do we how do we determine what is success? How do we determine how does a pastor look and say, my worship team is 
is above par, below par? What yeah. are some of those things? Um, that's a great question. And we hear lots of different opinions on this very thing. Um, so I'll just share with you kind of what my approach is when I'm talking to my team, kind of casting vision of what I think a service uh, is going to look like, the direction I feel like God's leading us. Um, and uh, I think that we should, as a team, be engaging people to encounter God. Um, and something that the Lord gave me a few years ago is looking at the story of the talents. Because one thing I've heard a lot in leading worship, and I've been doing this surprisingly a long time. I look really young, uh, but I'm not. So, <laughs> but one thing I've heard um, is, man, I don't want to be fake. Right. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to act like something that is not real or genuine. And uh, so I just kind of challenged that. And God showed me something a few years ago about the story of the talents. Okay. So when I'm talking to my team. I just encourage him, look, it's not about being fake. It's about being a worship leader. And not everybody's called to be a worship leader. We're all called to be worshipers, but okay. we're not all called to be worship leaders. Okay. And so I kind of try to get my team to understand that we have an opportunity to steward this experience and engage as many people as possible. And so I just very practically challenge them, look, we can do a song one way. And the truth is there's some people that are going to be in the audience that they're going to want to run ahead of us on the mountain. They're going to want to get okay. to the top before us. And they're probably going to worship no matter what we do. But there are a lot of people in our services, because we reach a lot of unchurched people, that need to be taught. We need to be leading them up the mountain. And so I encourage them uh, very practically, like, look, we can do a song one way and maybe reach five people, or they're going to engage because they're probably going to engage with or without us. Or okay. we can take our energy to the next level we can be right. interactive. We can make eye contact. We can move around. We can be passionate about what we're doing. And that very practical step might engage 50 people. So if you look at an opportunity in a worship service where we're willing to engage five, yeah, that's great. But man, if we get out of our comfort zone right. and we engage 50, we've in essence been a better steward with that opportunity. So how do we do that practically? What what are our team members doing to help engage, connect prompt somebody else to worship? Um, well, we I encourage my team to be making eye contact. Uh, there are times when, when I'll close my eyes, you know, um, my heart is always focused on God, but my actions are to connect people to Him. And yeah. so it's not just enough for me to have my worship experience. I'm not trying to get them to watch me worship. I'm trying to get them to follow me somewhere. And if I make eye contact with them, if I'm engaging, if I'm moving around, uh, and then if I'm just showing passion, that acting like I believe the songs that I'm singing, that I've experienced it, that I've seen God be faithful when I'm singing about His faithfulness, all that's projected in the way that you engage the people. And so they're, they're willing to follow you because they can tell, man, that person's been where they're trying to take me. Um, well, and, so, and here's, here's, why, here's why worship leaders close their eyes. It's, it's, why, it's why as a... As a teacher, I wish I could close my eyes when I teach, because we know what you're seeing. The frumpy faces, arms folded, yeah. um, and so. But you have to break that because I think you hit on the head. We can connect with their eyes. We can say, "Come with me," by just looking at them right. and 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 saying, "Come with me, do what I do." Yeah, and it's modeling. Like we said, there's a lot of people that may not know how to even respond. It's not that they're not feeling it. It's not that they're not passionate about that moment, but they literally might not even know right. what they're supposed to do with this encounter. And so we have to model that for them. That's what leadership is about, is, is modeling and showing them, hey, this is, these are some things that we do in response to this moment that we're having with God. Um, 
you know, that's that's why it's important for us to see ourselves not just as worshipers, but worship leaders. Um, and uh, the thing is, if if most people just knew how to do it, right, then we wouldn't need leaders. You know what I mean? We need pastors because people don't necessarily know how to study God's word, apply it to their lives. And so there's a need for someone to lead them into Well, you're saying basically follow, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You're saying worship God, worship Christ as I do. And and, and Brad, you got to watch one of our live services. Um, the guy's got some moves. Um, <laughs> but but here's the reality. The crowd is is only going to be a reflection of, of, yep. of who the stage is. And they're not going to be a direct reflection. They're going to be about a 30 to 60% yeah, reduction of that. And so it's, it's John Maxwell leadership. If you want the crowd to go to a five, the stage people have to be kicking an eight Right. And energy and dancing and moving and, exactly. and helping law, make law that happen. Lid, I think it's called. Yeah. So it's important for us to just, uh, you know, lead people up the mountaintop, like yeah. you said. All right. How how long should a worship set be? How do how do you determine? Because there's that big debate of of you know uh, worship light. Well, you only you only do two to three songs. Well, you're worship light. We go deep. We go an hour. Uh, yeah. Um, who's well, I, right? Who's right. wrong? I don't. I don't know that there's you know necessarily a right or wrong. I will say this: I think we've all probably been in services that have lasted an hour that felt like ten minutes, and then we've been in services that lasted an hour and felt like dear God seven hours. Yeah. You know? And so um, I think it, it's just a matter of uh, you know what your church is called to and the heart of the church. For us, we have multiple services, and so we have to be conscious of um, the turnaround. And so. Right. There's only so much time that we have. And I think also um, it's important for us to understand that, again, this is this is different than our personal worship time. Sure. You know, this is our chance to come together corporately, acknowledge God, put our, our attention on Him. You know, and honestly, there have been times, I think, when you build trust among the pastor and the worship pastor, there have been times when, you know, our 20-minute set became 23, 24. Sure. But I think it's because we built... You know, I'm not trying to make that right. happen every week, um, and it's and we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Well, there's nothing more frustrating than than uh, uh, a constant wrestling with that. So, so we have in our creative team meeting and our and our lead team meeting, we we predefine. Um, hey, it's communion Sunday. We're adding communion. We need a little more time. Or if I may be launching a new series, I might say I need a little more time. And so I think it's the pastor and the worship pastor not saying one is better, one is more important. And I'll I'll say it, pastors, the teaching of the word is not is not of a higher value or priority than the worship. Yes, they're both important, but there are some Sundays we might say, hey, we need more worship today, and I'm going to pull back my teaching my teaching segment. It's it's kind of like how do you slice a pie? We don't slice it the same way every, every yeah. Sunday. And there have been times when even uh, you felt something in your heart, and so yeah. you'll come up. And you'll say, "Hey, we're, you know, you have something that God laid on your heart for for our church that day, and it right. might be something God you feel like God wants to do something with healing, you know, healing people. And we want to pray for sick and, and have you, a ministry yeah, time. And you give us, you know, you kind of lead in that. And so it's just building that trust with each other. And so for the for the person who's wanting the actual nuts and bolts, our time is how long? We have 20, 20 minutes is what we twenty shoot minutes for. is that's what we aim for." And and I think here's something that's important is is we predefine we're pretty specific. Uh, we use Planning Center, and it is um, those of you that like to flow with the Holy Ghost probably aren't going to like this, but 
I know how long he's going. I know how long the host knows how long they have. They have about three minutes to do their host segment. Uh, we have videos that roll. I know what my teaching time is, and so I have to adjust. I know how long the invitation, because like you say, with multiple services, we can't just go free willy and yeah. do, do whatever. I think, the, I think the thing that the people like about it is, is they know when the end is. Right. And I think, like you said, you mentioned Planning Center. That's a very practical tool that we use that helps us um, to kind of structure out, to have smooth transitions. I'm a firm believer in smooth transitions. Okay. Um, I feel like that most of the time, I mean, there, there are things that happen sometimes that are beyond our control, but for the most part, um, I like to spend a lot of time thinking through transition of songs, transition of different things, even throughout the service, because I feel like that's what helps the service flow and it, it helps eliminate some of those distractions that get people kind of off focus from what God's trying to do. How do you navigate, there's kind of, there's kind of, kind of two camps, and I'll say up front, it's not that one's right, one's wrong, I'll say what we do, but the whole debate of, hey, worship team, come. We're just going to flow with the Holy Spirit this morning. We don't have a prescribed sure. list. We don't want to box God in yeah. to we do. I mean, I love it. He puts out on social media our worship list midweek and says, hey, listen to these songs. These are the songs that are coming up. Yeah. Um, uh, this is... I've had more conversations about this than about <laughs> any other worship topic. Let's just open that yeah. can. <laughs> um, and I think one of the... One of the things about the difference between, like, do we flow or are we structured? I think one of the problems with that is um, we treat God like he can't speak to us ahead of time. That's a good point. And um, I spend a lot of time during my week praying through that Sunday. And I can't tell you how many times, even at rehearsal on Thursday, I'll feel in my heart that God's moving on a certain song at a certain moment. And we'll actually prepare for that on Thursday nights. And we'll actually have a, a worship time together on Thursday uh, in a direction that just prepares us. And here's what I tell the team. I feel like God might do something right here, so right. we're going to be ready for it. Um, I'll make it very clear on Sunday okay. if I feel like we need to go here or if we're just going to go to the next song. Okay. And sometimes it even varies between services. With the yeah, seven three services, yep. um, I might not feel like we need to stay in that moment during first service, but second service, we might take another three or four minutes. Um, Someone might say, well, well, why would it be different each service if God's going to miss? It's all in the hearts of the people. Yeah, God who's, knows who's there. Who's in the need. crowd and what they need and where they're at. Absolutely. I'm sure you've got many stories of times that you said something in one service yeah. that you didn't say in the other and somebody comes up, man, that's exactly what I needed. And, right. Um, so I think it's... Uh, I think it's important that we understand that God can speak to us ahead of time in our planning. And I actually heard it just recently at a conference. One of the greatest analogies okay. to this that I've ever heard. It was Corey Asbury was speaking at this conference. And he was talking about this very thing that in a lot of churches today, you've got a set amount of time. And how do you navigate the flow of the Spirit in this? And he said, I see those moments as a river. And the thing about a river is that a river has banks. And the banks determine the flow of that river. That's good. And so that that time is are the banks of our river. Okay. And he said something which I, I found to be very true. When we create those banks within those moments, it actually creates way more freedom among the team because they know, okay, it, within these banks, this is my time That's to great. flow. This is my time to, to be led by the Spirit, to sing prophetically, to sing something over the people. But when that's not there and it's kind of open-ended, it, it gives way to a, a 
a timidity. You're, you're, I don't, I feel this in my heart, but I don't know. Yeah. And so it's kind of everyone just like walking around. We on all need shows. boundaries. Yeah. And so that the banks of that river, okay. it's just a great way to look at that. Um, and we've seen that, like, like Corey was saying, we've seen that in our, in our services where when we're praying ahead of time, so many times I feel like on Monday or even when I'm picking sets that I feel like, okay, I feel like this is something God wants us to, for, to say for our church right now. Right. And we're going to be <clears> sensitive <throat> to this because this might be something that we okay. maybe get off the roadmap a little bit. Excellent. How, how do you define a win? Uh, how, how do you define a win on a Sunday when you get done? Uh, he leads three services here, uh, 8.30, 10, 11.30. We've got another campus that he oversees, that worship leader. Um, how, how do you know whether you lift your hands in the air or you drop your head? Oh, man, we missed it. Yeah, so from a practical standpoint, um, I don't expect our team to be perfect, but there are things that we work really hard on. And so from a practical standpoint, when I can look back and say, man, we didn't mess up this transition. <laughs> okay. Or, uh, man, we, we nailed this part that maybe we struggle with on Thursday. You know, there's some practical things So we like did that. mechanically. Yeah, we, mechanically. We... I'm like, man, we were there. The team was engaging, that kind of stuff. That's a practical standpoint. From a spiritual standpoint, our desire is to lift up Jesus okay. and, and have people encounter him. And so even as we were talking about like engaging the people, Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so even from a worship standpoint, our desire is to mm-hmm. lift him up. But the thing is, people are connected. You're the you're the worship leader. People are connecting to you. It's really a matter of your heart whether you're then connecting them to Him. Yeah. And so a win for us spiritually is that people um, connect. We connected with the people so that we could connect them right. with the heart of Jesus. Well, it's something that Brad does that I've noticed. I mean, it's a simple thing, but it's coaching people through the process. You don't have to stop. I know. I know there are leaders that stop and preach a preach a sermon. But just simply, if he says, "Come on, let's lift our hands," and he gives a a verbal coach, right? I'll give out the corner of my eye, and there was twenty percent with their hands in the air. Now went to fifty percent. Right. They just needed to be instructed, yeah. and that goes back to being a church that's uh, that reaches the lost, that reaches right. unchurched people. They're coming every week. They've never experienced anything like that. They don't know how to raise their hands or why we even do it. And so that's not something that just happens. Sure. And so one of the things that we try to be very intentional about is picking moments where we can we can coach and teach people, Good. hey, this is how we respond and this is why we respond. Yep. It's not weird. It's not crazy. Um, and as we're doing that, we're as we're intentional about doing that, we're seeing more, more people respond okay. to that. You know, pastors are trying to find material and topics and things to preach on. Um, what's your source... What's your source for music? Where do you where do you find the songs you want to do? Um, how do you how do you how do you dip from here's an oldie oldie goldie yeah. that was popular years gone by and and um, what's well, current today? Uh, well, I'm kind of fortunate because you listen to a lot of worship music, and so you're <laughs> constantly throwing ideas my way. Um, but uh, I empower my team to be listening. That's I, good. I uh, I ask them, you know, hey, you know, if there's a song that speaks to you that you feel like would go over well with the church. I empower them to make those suggestions. Um, I'm not afraid to communicate why it may not be a good fit. So I don't just, oh yeah, thanks, and then never do it. Right. I, I'll be. I try to go back and say, hey, it's a great song, maybe for this season or this series, but for right now, uh, just communicating that. Um, I obviously listen to. Um, as much worship music as I can. In fact, some people here accuse me of just listening to music for a living. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, just being current, listening, having a pulse on 
what's going on, what series we're in, That's what's true. going on in the life of the church. And I'll be honest with you, there are a lot of songs that I don't personally are not my favorite, but I know that they speak to the heart of our church and they speak to what God's saying in our church. And yeah. I'll incorporate them because I know it's something that people connect with. Maybe they hear it on the radio. Sure. Or I know it speaks to the series we're in. And it may not be my personal favorite, right. but I know it'll be effective. Well, and something Brad did, uh, there was there was some debate over the song Reckless Love. And, uh, I'm sure you've heard about it. And you've, if you haven't, just Google it. But uh, there was some debate over it, and there were some pastors and churches said, we will not sing that song. Something I appreciate is Brad came to me and he said, hey, this is on the radar, or I think I had even heard the song. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I love this song. He's like, well, I wasn't sure where you were at on it. And I'm like, do it. Um, but if you if you are maybe introducing a song and, and looking at the lyrics and, and uh, um you have any questions, run it by your leader and say, hey, are you cool with this song? Or even just giving them a heads up, here's a couple new songs I'm going to introduce. Sure. Um, maybe there's something in the closet that they just can't stand that song or if right. you're pulling one out of, of the, the old. Um, something that you've done that, uh, well, we, we did prior to even coming here, but that has helped give us a fuller sound, and I see where it could really be helpful even in a smaller church, is the use of tracks and how do you use them? I don't know how it happens. Yeah. There's a magic button and it all. Um, so it's a it's something that we see value in. It is a it is something that we pay for. Um, okay, but there's also ways that you can record your own tracks. There's different tools out there. And so when we say tracks, yeah. So this is a what is that? This is a it's called multi tracks. Um, every, just about any worship song you could possibly want to do will have a multi track that you can purchase, and it has every instrument. Uh, that's on the song, just about every instrument okay. in a single track. And where do I get these? You can get these at multitracks.com. Okay. Um, we utilize them because it does add a fuller sound. You can use different loops. You, again, you can create some of your own things okay. within these tracks. Um, real quick, because one misconception is people say, if I use tracks, it boxes me in and I have to do it like this. That's not true. There are a lot of tools that um, we've learned to develop and use that if in a moment we feel like Hey, we're going to repeat that. All you have to do is just have whoever's running that hit one button. It'll repeat it. There's ways you're not boxed into that. Okay. Um, so that's one misconception. And it's and it's a great tool for smaller churches that might not have as much depth on their team because you can have certain instruments that you wouldn't have otherwise. So, A, what do I need to run that? Uh, all you need is an iPad, really. An iPad's um, running. And how much would a track cost? A track costs between $35 and $40. Okay. And once you buy it, you own it forever. And okay. You can edit it and do all kinds of things. And there's cheaper options, too. If you don't feel like you're going to need to edit as much on the track, there's cheaper options that are more limited in what you can do More with set. It. Um, but it's a great resource, a great tool. You can use um, There's programs like Ableton, uh, other programs you can use with a Mac. But really, uh, to get it started, all you would need is an iPad. Okay. All right. Hey, we are going to wrap it up. We are going to be back next month with part two, and we are going to dive into uh, giving a little more clarity on a prescription for worship and the worship team. So uh, check out DeanHawk.com. There's always some new uh, free sermon materials that are coming out, uh, outlines, uh, uh, fill-in-the-blank handouts, PowerPoints, graphics, video opens, all that great stuff at DeanHawk.com. It was the website was down recently as we were kind of redoing that, but it's it's all back alive again. And uh, if this podcast is helping you, go back and check out some of our previous podcasts in iTunes or on YouTube. And uh, we'll see you guys next month. Thank you for joining us today. 
For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.